This is Sports Jam, and I'm Doug Doyle, and my guests are all involved in one of the fastest-growing sports in the world, if not the fastest-growing sport, techball. To start playing techball, you will need a tech table, which is curved to make the ball bounce towards the players. Techball can be played by two or four players with a regular size 5 ball. The service lines are two meters away from the ends of the tech table. The tech ball court measures a minimum of 16 by 12 meters. The sport can be played regardless of age, gender and ability. It can be played either outdoor or indoor. And joining us is the president of the U.S. National Tech Ball Federation, the CEO of Tech Ball USA, and he is somebody special, and that is A.J. Nuwasu. A.J., thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Doug. Appreciate you having us here today. Did I say your name correctly? Yeah, you did. Okay, just want to make sure. Also joining us are three extremely talented tech ball players. And everybody in this group has some sort of connection to soccer and to tech ball. Also joining us is Frankie Diaz, the professional tech ball player, ranked number three in the world and number one in the USA. Also an actor and producer of films. Frankie, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. We have Nancy Avasian, who is the founder of the first all-female tech ball club in the world, mother of a new baby girl, and a professional tech ball player, and has had a wonderful soccer career as well. Thanks for joining us, Nancy. Thank you for having me. And not last in this, because she's just as important as everybody else, Carolyn Greco, who is a professional female tech ball player, ranked number 10 in the world, founder of the first all-female tech ball club called Bellatech. And she's also an environmentalist. Carolyn, great to have you on the show. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. So, AJ, let's talk about this exciting sport. When people hear tech ball, they may think it's more on the lines of a computer game, but it's certainly not. It's fast-paced soccer on a ping-pong table. You guys are amazing. When I'm watching this sport, I'm going, how do they do it? Can I even try to compete in this sport? I know the answer for me. The answer is no. But for you... You, you know, you brought this to really, uh, you're a marketing guru when it comes to sports. You're a former professional soccer player. Why did you want to get involved in tech ball? Yeah, tech ball, um, after I played uh, tech ball the first time, I was simply addicted. It's an addictive sport. Um, it's gender neutral. Um, so it doesn't matter whether you're a great soccer player. Obviously, the sport is a byproduct of soccer. But whether you're a great soccer player or not, the sport is still uh, requires a good amount of stamina, focus, endurance, mental endurance. And um, it's just simply addictive and a fun game. It certainly looks fun. I, I wish I could even begin to, to you know, participate in this sport. But we know it's growing so fast, it may be become an Olympic sport soon. Frankie Diaz ranked number one in the U.S., Give us a little background of, of, of your sports background and why you're so good at tech ball, Frankie. Yeah. Um, so I played soccer my whole life. I played uh, in the NCAA and I played professionally in Mexico. Um, I would say I've always been a very technical soccer player, always um, on the field. I was the most technical player on my team. So I think those skills transferred over to tech ball. The, the touch is very important. Being aware at all times, super focused. Um, so I think uh, that that's that's the reason. I also play baseball and basketball. So all these sports like kind of mesh into this to tech ball. Um, so I, I, I think that's why. 
you really have to be a, a, a tremendous athlete to excel in this sport. And Nancy and Carolyn both are. To our audience who haven't seen it, it's a ping pong table that has at the ends, it's curved so the ball bounces up. To return the ball, players or teams have a maximum of three touches. In doubles, a minimum of one pass is compulsory. Players or teams are not allowed to return the ball consecutively with the same body part. In the case of a repeated return, a point is awarded to the opponent. Nancy, I know the first time you played it, I've read that you were excited and almost kind of hooked on it right from the start. Is that true? Yeah, just like AJ said, uh, it was the same experience for me. First time I got on the table, um, I was immediately addicted. So yeah, just like you mentioned, the, the table is curved. So the trajectory of the ball, the ball does bounce at you, which makes it a little more difficult than like a flat uh, ping pong table per se, but I enjoyed it right off the bat. So I, I'm hooked for sure. And you're not just some former soccer player or you are still involved in soccer and you're a part of a national team. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm happy to be a part of the Armenian women's national team currently. Um, and I do tech ball full, full time. And since I've started tech ball, I've noticed that my touch has been tremendously improved. So um, it, it translates into the into the big field as well. It's been nice. Um, and I'm lucky enough where I'm able to do it almost every single day playing tech ball. And uh, and I'm still able to play for the national team. Carolyn, I know you love the aspect of this sport is that women can compete with men, against men, dominate men uh, when it comes to this sport. So, uh, you know, as AJ had said, it is for everyone to be involved. Give us a, a kind of explanation of the skills that are necessary. I, you know, I'm sure it's like any sport. It's mental, physical, but to be able to think about, you have to hit the ball with different parts of your body. Can you give us a little bit of rules explanation as you talk about the skills? Yeah, so I guess you could say it is gender neutral, obviously, as you mentioned. Um, and there are elements of power that, of course, help. Um, but because it's a non-contact sport, I think that it is more skill dependent than it is on power or height or something like that. So that's what I love about the sport. I like that I can compete alongside or against men, you know, not just men though, people of all ages can play this sport. People of, um, you know, all ethnicities play this sport. We're in LA is where we're mainly located and playing tech ball. We're a melting pot here and seeing people come together over the sport and the community that's developed is something that I really appreciate appreciate about the sport as well, because there's a huge football culture here in LA and, um, you know, to be a part of it really at the grassroots level is something special. AJ, do you know, is this reached the Newark area here in the U.S.? Because because of the great, you know, area, the Portuguese neighborhoods in Newark, they are so involved in soccer. And of course, with the Red Bulls playing, you know, at the stadium there in Harrison, is it something that has reached the, the East Coast as much as you would like so far? Yeah, it has. Inherently, we actually have... Um... Uh, two multiple tech ball clubs in New York City and then a couple of tech ball clubs in New, uh, New Jersey as well. And uh, this weekend, as I speak to right now, actually in New Jersey, because we have a tech ball tournament going on here uh, this weekend with a, a current club we have in place at the Waronko Sportsplex. 
here where we'll have uh, at least over 18 teams, tech ball teams taking part in a huge tournament this upcoming weekend. Um, so certainly, yes, uh, we continue to kind of uh, lay a, a good footprint in the East Coast, uh, not only in Newark um, and uh, New York City, but also in Connecticut, Rhode Island, etc. Uh, across the East Coast. Philadelphia is sort of our next uh, uh, beck and call, I should say. So um, I'm, I'm really happy about the, the traction we've made so far. And um, obviously moving into the quantum, well, into 2022, I should say, we'll, we'll continue to kind of uh, compound that reach. Is it the popularity of soccer that has propelled tech ball to great heights in such a short period of time? I think it's not only the, the popularity of soccer. I think soccer certainly has helped, right? Uh, tech ball is a byproduct of soccer. So soccer players will naturally gravitate towards the table. Um, but outside of that, I think it's a cultural relevance of tech ball in society today. And I think it's a cool factor, quote unquote. Um, anytime you've seen it on social media, which is where most people have come across the sport, um, they immediately look at it and gravitate towards the table. Whether you see it in a public location, you pull your phone out and you take a picture or take a video. Um, so I think when I talk about culture, it's at the intersection of culture and sports, main and main. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of what's helped us make that quantum leap uh, with tech ball at the grassroots uh, level and at the professional level as well. The following on social media that you talked about is huge. People are really aware of tech ball. Frankie, are you com first of all, are you competing in the tournament? I am competing in the tournaments, yes. So when people hear that, they're going, uh-oh, uh, Frankie's <laughs> involved. Top seed, I would imagine then, right? Yes, but I also think that uh, people want to participate, you know, and want to play against me and have the chance to, to beat me. So I think that's really cool. And, um yeah, it's just it's special. What would it take to beat Frankie Diaz in tech ball? Me. Carolyn, go ahead. <laughs> you, you beat him, right? Talk, how did you do it, Carolyn? I'm just kidding. Um, usually Frank beats me. <laughs> <laughs> it comes down to a good team, ultimately. Um, it, say, for example, Frank is playing with someone, you know, it's hard to sometimes find partners for these tournaments on the East Coast. Say, for example, he's playing with someone inexperienced and my partner happens to be somebody who's experienced. All of a sudden, I'm at an advantage to win. So it, it, it does come down to a team sport, too, which is also what's really interesting to watch is because um, uh, we don't usually have singles one on one tournaments. They're doubles tournaments. And so um, ultimately, I would have to have a strong partner and Frank would have to have a weaker partner for me to, <laughs> to win. Definitely. Nancy, I've, I've heard you and Carolyn speak in an interview about you, you kind of like singles better than doubles, but you love them both, right? I don't think anybody likes to, to rely on their partner, you know, when it comes to these, if you can do it so well as an individual to, to leave it up, you, you think of beach volleyball and you, you think of how some of the participants, there's always one weaker player, you know, in the Olympic squad. And you, you kind of feel that uh, two great players maybe beat the top player and somebody below Take us into the game a little bit in the doubles play, Nancy, and, and what what is successful for you? Yeah, um, I think throughout playing all these doubles tournaments, I've and and partnering with different people and and almost every single tournament, you quickly realize you can be a great player, and then 
you have each each player I think has a different style so I think that um, we can all kind of agree after playing tech ball that there's like you know two positions you have the attacking position and more so the defending position and I think that most players have one strong suit um, not saying that you won't be able to do both, but you find yourself um, maybe being a better attacker versus a defender. So when you when you're paired with two great attackers, it's kind of hard to find that um, um, the chemistry between you two to try to figure out how are you going to work together to beat the team in front of you. So it's just, you know, things like that that I think um, can make or break you in a tournament. Um and then singles, like you mentioned, it's one-on-one. So it's it's all on you. You can't rely on anyone else. You are the only person that's going up against one other player. So very different. I love them both. I remember playing the singles tournament for the first time. I was a little bit iffy about it because we hadn't played much of singles. Um, but again, they are both very addicting and um, I love them in, in different ways. I'm going to ask Frankie about smashes, but I want to know, how are you doing this, Nancy, the mother of a baby girl? How are you able to keep yourself, you know, in top form that you can compete at a high level? I mean, that can't be easy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, with, uh, you know, I, like you said, I play full field. I, I play soccer and throughout pregnancy, you can't do that. But the one thing that was so special about being involved in tech ball was that I was actually able to play tech ball almost throughout my entire pregnancy. And um, because it's non-contact, um, I was able to play and, and stay in shape. And yeah, my, my range of motion may have not been the same, but um, it was nice to be able to be on the table and get my touches in and, and still be active in that way. So that was definitely a blessing. Um, and then I quickly came back and just got right into the Challenger Cups and, um, you know, being physically ready for a tech ball cup versus like having to run you know seven eight miles in a game is very different um but luckily enough i was able to get back into it really quickly it was nice frankie you're a jack of all trades too you have to balance being an actor film producer and everything like that it, it sounds like you guys have this built-in ability to play this sport and to be able to still have a, a, another side of your life going on are tech ball players born? Are soccer players born? Um, I think uh, I think they are. Yeah, I think it's in all of us tech ball. You know, um, anyone could play. Uh, so I think everyone's born with tech ball for sure in their heart. Um, it makes everyone smile once they hop on the table. So I think. Uh, Everyone's born to be a tech ball player. You are tuning in to the second Tech Ball World Cup. This is our third match of the day, our penultimate match. This is the All-Stars match. And there you can see Garnier looking very confident. There's a header from Gallas. This is a good rally to start things off with. The header there by Perez. The referee thought about calling it, but he didn't. That's gone wide there from Gallas. And the first point going the way then of the team you're listening to sports jam i'm doug doyle and we're talking about one of the fastest growing sports in the world tech ball and the tournament is set this weekend at the warrenenko sports complex in roselle new jersey my guests are the ceo of tech ball usa and president of the u.s national tech ball federation aj nuosu and three of the top tech ball players frankie diaz ranked number one in the u.s and number three in the world 
professional tech ball player and current member of the Armenian women's national soccer team, Nancy Avasian, and Carolyn Greco, the founder of Bellotech, the first all-female tech ball club in the world and currently ranked number 10 in the world. Let's start back up with you, AJ. Obviously, you love to hear that these tremendous athletes, including yourself, love this game of tech ball. Did you really have an idea that this could become an Olympic sport in maybe a few years? Yeah, I think you have to think big. And um, for us, within tech ball, we have very, very uh, grandiose plans. And um, I think you have to believe. You have to think big and believe. If you don't believe it, then what's the point? And so, yeah, the answer is yes, certainly. Um, we had that belief that tech ball would be a global game. So far, we've reached a billion people via the power of social media. Um, and right now, the goal is obviously LA 2028. And um, with the Tokyo Games going on right now, it's only right that um, we move the needle somewhat closer to our main goal, which is um, being an Olympic sport. So. A billion. That's just a little bit more than the audience for Sports Jam. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, what I like to have your audience. When I think of Carolyn, Nancy, and Frankie, they're probably saying, let's speed it up. I want to be in the Olympics of this sport. I don't want to wait, right? Frankie, what's your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. I think we, we all can't wait for the sport to get to, to the Olympics. And uh, uh, yeah, we're all super excited to be helping the sport get there so yeah carolyn as the first all-female tech ball club the founder why did you feel it was important to have such a club i mean early on we we noticed that tech ball was being dominated by men and there were a handful of us who would play together we were all great friends and we said hey you know what it was me and nancy other girls as well and just a small handful of us though and we decided that we can we can do better and we want to do better. And lo and behold, we've landed on the podium at countless tournaments in the last year and a half. And I'm really proud of our club and what we've built and seeing the women's side grow is something that I really appreciate about tech ball because AJ has been very supportive of us and, um, you know, growing Bella tech and growing the women's side, because <clears throat> that is like our individual part of being in tech ball and, and making ourselves different. In a way, we, Nancy and myself, we feel like we're pioneers of the sport, particularly for women. Um, and I think it's important for, um, you know, soccer culture in the U.S. is obviously, it's huge for women. The U.S. women's national team has dominated in ways, you know, that are inspiring across all, all sport. And so we feel like we have big shoes to fill here in the U.S. And I think we're so far doing a good job, but, you know, it is good to our goals are set on 2028. They are, they are far. And so, like you mentioned, we, we're staying patient, but um, we're eager. And it, it's cool that there is a World Cup happening this year for the sport even. Um, so just my two cents on that. <laughs> I'm going to ask AJ's opinion about this, but I'm going to go to you first, Nancy. Television revenue comes in big into play when it comes to sports. Seems to me it's a pretty exciting sport to watch on television, right? Oh, yeah. It's so exciting. Um, when I was new to tech ball, I remember the first thing I did was open up YouTube and watch a couple videos. And immediately I found myself just watching the entire World Cup uh, finals and just try to get as much of it as possible. And I was like, this is absolutely amazing to see the way that these people are just moving around the table and 
and actually the different styles of play you'll see from from different teams is is incredible so yeah it's 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 really fun to watch um so I, I think even as a spectator versus a player it's enjoyable from both ends aj tv obviously as i mentioned a big part you're a marketer you know you've been sports marketing for many years so what is your vision for how this sport will continue to grow and make money so that frankie nancy and carolyn uh, don't have to worry about expenses anymore. They're making all kinds of cash. <laughs> um, I think if you look at the uh, rhetoric uh, regarding the sports and uh, over the course of time, it's going to continue to grow. And the, the reach is obviously once we are indoctrinated as an Olympic sport, um, we'll have in terms of sponsors, uh, not only media attention and TV, um, but we're already getting some of that. Uh, today, um, but the same token, I think that's going to um, accelerate in many different ways because um, right now with Tech Ball, the goal is to control our narrative as we move into uh, closer to the Olympics and become an Olympic sport. And once we achieve that goal, then we can sort of focus on the other part of it, which is okay, um, what does that look like from a sponsorship standpoint, um, from a sales standpoint, and also from a TV rev? Uh, standpoint as well. Um, I think, first of all, we have to hit the targets we uh, have set sights on. And then um, after that, we can sort of look at the other direction, the economics. Techball started in Hungary, right? Around 2012 to 14, that, that, that era, right? Correct. Why did it develop there? Um, the sport was originally invented by three Hungarian gentlemen. Um, who were playing soccer on a regular ping pong table. And one of the guys happened to be an engineer and had this light bulb moment where he thought, okay, well, if I curved the table, it would therefore change the trajectory of how the ball bounced and therefore making for a mon much more fun element of, uh, of uh, soccer ping pong, essentially. And so tech ball was born in that moment. What you're saying, AJ, is all five of us could have invented this, right? Correct. <laughs> we've all played ping pong and we've all had that table there. And many of us have thrown away ping pong tables through the years. I'm thinking about, boy, if we could have just bent that, and, you know, if it, if it would have yeah. bent while we were looking at those old tables, somebody would, ah, what if we do this? But it, it, it took the Hungarians to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Frankie, when you first started to, to play this sport, you say you've been playing it for quite, for quite a while. The smash is a big part. Tell me about, you know, like a spike in volleyball to smash it. And when I play ping pong, I drive people crazy because I'm the person who can always get the ball back. I do, you know, reverse, you know, backhand, never smash. And, you know, no matter how hard they hit it, I'll get it back. And eventually I'm hoping that they make the mistake. What's the, you know, philosophy when it comes to tech ball? Are you trying to get that smash first? Or do you want to set somebody up? How does it work? Yeah, it's definitely um, the smash. You try to get it first uh, because it's pretty much guaranteed, a guaranteed point when you do a smash. So uh, you could be set up from your with your from your partner for a smash, or you can set yourself up for a smash. Um, and yeah, or you could do the drop shots like you're you're mentioning. You could do small drop shots. A lot of people play the small game, but I I love doing smashes, and uh, <laughs> it takes it. it it takes time to, to get them down, but um, yeah, I, all the all of us already have it down. So uh, when you see a smash, it's it's pretty special. 
Yeah, so your reaction when you're in this tournament coming up this weekend, all, all three of you are participating this weekend? You yeah. hit, when you hit the smash, right, and you know that your opponent is just not going to be able to get it. I, I want to know the power feeling. Carolyn, you go first. I want to know the <laughs> dominance. I want to know from an athlete dominating somebody what, you, what you're feeling inside. Well, I mean, it's obviously really satisfying. <laughs> uh, but do you, do you enjoy whipping somebody? Is what I'm saying. Do you enjoy the domination of the sport? She does. Uh, she does. I have a feeling she did. You can it just tell. Really I was very competitive. I am. I'm. Re- it's, it's interesting because you know, if you meet me off the court, I'm like the nicest person so you know friendly kind but when i'm on the court i am like a different person um so sorry that's my coffee maker um same thing with you nancy are you are you sweet kind loving and then get to the table i'll murder you yeah first first we're sweet then we're sour right (laughs) (laughs) on the table it's like a a whole different ball game you just kind of get into the zone and once you hit that smash yeah it's just like you know and you're not allowed to touch the table with the, with your body part, right? Yeah, you're not allowed to ever make contact with the table. So, yeah, if your foot even swipes the table, it's a point for the other team. Even if you did get that beautiful smash, it does not count, unfortunately. An edge ball is when the ball hits the edge of the opponent's playing surface without anything or anybody touching it in the air after a legal return or service. The ball must then bounce on the ground or touch anything but the players or the table in order to consider it an edge ball. In the case of an edge ball, the rally must be repeated. Is the table the same height as a ping pong table? Yeah, it is. So, AJ, I don't know if I can lift my leg up high enough to play this sport right now. (laughs) You have to be flexible, right? Flexibility is the key, right? There is, yeah, some uh, technique and, yes, a lot of flexibility is required. So uh, definitely a lot of yoga and Pilates that you're in. <laughs> I got a long way to go. I don't think <laughs> as I head toward the big 6-0, uh, I'm going to be uh, competing against Carolyn, Frankie, or Nancy in any tournament, even in ping pong. <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to, to compete. So when you, when you talk about the, you know, the importance of, of getting more people involved, can young people – start working on this because you don't have this kind of table everywhere. How, how can younger people get involved or people just, you know, that, you know, that are in their twenties and thirties and teens and, and say, wow, I want to be the next Nancy, Frankie or Carolyn. Um, certainly uh, Carol, Nancy and Frankie have done an amazing job as pioneers for the sport. And uh, one of the ways they've gotten people involved and we have collectively as an organization is through grassroots activations. Um, so we set up a, uh, high foot traffic locations such as Santa Monica, uh, Venice Beach, and then other key locations across the U.S. where we have uh, we run several activations with soccer clubs, which obviously are obvious um, ones. And um, we basically have people come by and try the sport out because once you try the table, it's, it becomes addictive. And that's really the, the magic of the sport is the table. So um, that's kind of uh, the grassroots activation level that we do there. Uh, outside of that, we formed some strategic partnerships along the lines of uh, working with the U.S. Soccer Foundation, whereby we are donating tech ball tables, 200 tables in 24 months to um, underserved communities across the U.S. Uh, these tables are going to be permanently installed in parks and recreations in key major cities across the U.S. 
as well as that, um, we're going to look to activate some of these tables and um, people can then obviously uh, play the sport uh, wherever they can have their closest table around them. Um, so, and then we have other partnerships as well we formed um, that not only at a grassroots level, but at a professional level as well with the MLS, Major League Soccer. Um, and uh, that, that league continues to grow. So therefore, 17 MLS teams as of today have technical tables in their training grounds and uh, use it on a regular basis. And then we have our collegiate framework. If you look at the tapestry of sports that have been indoctrinated into the Olympics, no sport has ever made it without going through the collegiate level. And so that's sort of what we're focusing on right now, as well as um, that two-pronged approach from a grassroots and a collegiate level as well. So that's sort of where we're at. I'm sure you've noticed that before hockey games, professional hockey players are always kicking the ball around to keep limber. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just that flexibility that you're talking about. Now, people are interested in this tournament. What can they do to find out more information? Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably the easiest way to reach out to us is via social media. It's uh, less friction there and everyone has access to that. So you can reach out to us at USA Tech Ball on social media. That's USA Tech Ball and on Instagram, uh, Twitter or Facebook. And um, certainly send us a message and we can uh, send you directions on how to get registered for the tournament this weekend. Or alternatively, you can go on techball.com, go on the list of events uh, around the globe, and uh, you can look at New Jersey for this upcoming weekend, and um, you can you can register via that route as well. So. Frankie, Nancy, or Carolyn, any of you played against David Beckham in TechBall yet? We have not, but we'd love to play against him. I'm sure all of us would, right? And and I understand he, he really loves the sport, right? He does. He absolutely loves it. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we sent uh, Beckham a technical table for his birthday last year. And um, it was a customized table with his kids' names on it and previous like career clubs, et cetera. And uh, didn't think he would uh, post about it, but he did organically. And that's sort of been our reach so far when you talk about that grassroots level mixed with uh, organic traction. Um, at the professional ranks, the likes of Justin Bieber, etc., Adam Levine and David Beckham, Justin Rose, the golfer, um, just continued to obviously uh, post about the, the tech ball. And um, that's how we've reached a billion people, um, essentially. I need you as my, you know, my agent, AJ. You've got all those connections <laughs> with the right people in the right areas. And I think Carolyn would enjoy beating David Beckham more than anybody. I just get that feeling. Right, Carolyn? That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're actually planning something later this year in September with Inter Miami. Uh, it's a couple of uh, activations, so perhaps you may have the opportunity then. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope I don't double fall. I'll be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a few more minutes left here in Sports Jam. How about some final thoughts? Nancy, we'll go with you first. What should we know about tech ball that we don't? Well, a funny story you want to pass along to us about the sport or yourself that uh, you think the sports jam audience would enjoy. Funny story. I mean, we've all had some spills or uh, made some contact with the table. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's, if you have an opportunity to get on the table, you, you must, it's so, it's so much fun, whether you have soccer experience or not, it does not matter. We've seen people come from different sports backgrounds, give tech ball a try and it's just a good time. So if you have the opportunity, definitely give it a go. Frankie, 
Uh, yeah. If you have the chance to play tech bar or hop on a table, I highly recommend you do. You'll be hooked right away. As far as funny stories, uh, it's just every day there's like a slip or a fall or, uh, you know, you kick the ball up and it hits you in the face or in the nose. So we all kind of giggle at that. Uh, it happens every day. So the first one to, to do that, we kind of just laugh at them. But uh, yeah. Carolyn. Uh, yeah. If you get the opportunity to play, just kind of piggybacking off of them. And, you know, the people that we see involved with the sport, um, it's it's pretty unique. And I, not necessarily a funny story, but I, I think an inspiring story is more about um, the accessibility to the sport. We're rolling out tables across the U.S. and the opportunity in the sport is huge. Um, 2028 is far away. You have time to train in the sport. And um, I think that just spreading the word about the level of opportunity that the sport has is huge. There aren't very many people necessarily that are training every day like us, but we are seeing it on the East Coast, on the West Coast, and we're seeing it spread and watching that happen is cool. And last note, sorry, I'm going off, but um, it's only 10 or $12 to sign up for one of these tournaments and to play competitive soccer. I mean, it's a lot of money. And so I think that um, with that in mind, we've had people who come out on public transportation with their spare change and come out and train at the sport. And those people have gone on and gotten second place in these tournaments or landed on the podium. And um, so, yeah, the level of opportunity is huge. So take advantage if you can. Hey, Jay, I would be remiss if, if I didn't bring up COVID. How has it impacted tech ball now we're hopefully on the other side i hate to say that because of uh, the very you know variants of the you know the coronavirus but how have you been able to maintain you know this sport through one of the most difficult times the world's ever gone through that's a great question doug and um quite simply over covid we sort of uh, re-strategized slightly and we hyperbolized tech ball as a social distancing sport uh, over over COVID, and so which which uh, also helped us a lot as far as um, and then we accelerated our reach via social media, um, where Frankie, Carol, and Nancy basically uh, did various different tasks as far as uh, posting and engaging, and starting uh, competitive co competitions on social challenges, uh, different things. So we were in innovative in that front, um, and then outside of that we've built a good community because I think um, over the course of the last year, something you'll see more of coming out in the back end of uh, the pandemic is uh, the word community. And I think that's something we've done a great job of because to kind of build any sport, you need a, a huge community. If you look at soccer, baseball, basketball, all the above and key sports in this world. Um, so that's something we're trying to sort of build with tech ball, with our community, I call it the tech ball family. And so literally anyone that has or owns a table or comes across a table or competes at our tournaments becomes part of the tech ball family. And so therefore that's the community that we've built. Congratulations on a fabulous sport, AJ, and keep it going here in the U.S., especially in the New Jersey and New York area, you know, looking forward to the tournaments. And I, I think you got a hot sport that uh, people will enjoy and, uh, you know, couldn't be more excited and couldn't be more thrilled to have three of the top players in the world joining mm -hmm. us here on Sports Jam. So, Nancy, Frankie, Carolyn, and you, AJ, thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thanks Sarah. for having us. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. <laughs> 
Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios podcast. You can check out all the shows by going to wbgo.org slash sportsjam or find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or on iTunes. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.